Countrywide on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by the Irish Farmers Journal, bringing 379,000 readers the latest farming news and the best of rural Ireland weekly. Agriculture needs to clean up its act or it risks destroying the planet. Who said that this week? Well, in quite the surprising turn-up for the books, it was a call from the CEOs of some of the largest food processors in the world, who are themselves, ironically, among the largest carbon polluters in the world. Mars, chocolate bars and pet food, PepsiCo, Doritos and Gatorade, McCain's Frozen Foods, McDonald's and others. The call came as an attempt to frame the debate around agriculture at the Global Climate Summit in Egypt. We've forgotten sometimes, I think, that, that we are part of nature. So what we do to the world around us, we are doing totally to ourselves. We can't go on, I think. The CEOs are all members of King Charles III's Sustainable Markets Initiative. They're saying that the pace of change is too slow and that the uptake of regenerative agriculture by farmers needs to triple by the end of the decade. Are these products sustainable? What are they doing for the planet? Uh, How robust are they? Grant Reed, the outgoing CEO of Mars and the chairman of the group, he said that the world is at a crucial tipping point. Ramon LaGuarta, the CEO of PepsiCo, was another of the voices calling for speedier adoption of regenerative practices. One of our responsibilities as, as an owner of uh, uh, 23 brands that over a billion dollars is to make consumers aware of these of this societal problems. Sonny Vergese, the chief executive of Olam, one of the world's largest suppliers of cocoa beans, coffee, cotton and rice. He said, we cannot continue to produce and consume food and feed and fibre in the way that we are doing today unless we don't mind destroying the planet. The collapse of nature and biodiversity, the support system, the life support system that we depend on. But for some environmental activists listening in, like Devlin Kuyek at the small farmer non-profit organisation Grain, these men might be saying the right thing, but if they were sincere, they'd be looking for change an awful lot closer to home. They're you know, acknowledging that there's a climate crisis, acknowledging that the food system is part of it, acknowledging that there's issues with biodiversity loss and, and health issues with the current food system. Uh, And then, of course, trying to market themselves and their products as part of the solution. And so this has been going on for several years now. So you think that this is just about positioning themselves with consumers? You don't think it's a sincere engagement with the climate action agenda? No, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, if there was sincere engagement, they would be talking about, you know, things that they can do themselves more. I think they're, they're putting a lot here on uh, farmers who supply them. A little bit like the fox calling from inside the hen house to say, you guys really need to get some better security in here to protect these chickens. Exactly. So they're trying to promote things that would allow them to continue with the growth of these products that are, that are polluting and are not sustainable. Does that mean, though, that while we might allow ourselves to ignore the messenger, what they're saying can't be ignored? There is real hope, but we've just got to get our act together. And we've got to remember that the natural world is is what sustains us. King Charles III there. Now, King of Regenerative Farming in Ireland is Sean McGlone from the National Organic Trading Skill Net. Not. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, sir. Does it annoy you when large corporations wrap themselves in your colours like this for competitive advantage? Or do you think, well, look, at least they're saying the right thing? 
Uh, a bit of both, I suppose. I, look, at I, I think that, you know, it's one of those things that it is good that they're recognising. I think I suppose actions that they are going to complete then is what will will mark whether it's a good idea or not, if you know what I mean. They, uh, I, I, like the previous speaker, would have... Um, uh, I, I, I like the idea that at least the whole area of regenerative agriculture and where its role fits is being discussed more in the public arena and large organisations are talking about that. But look, at, we'd always be a bit cynical about this and the fact that it becomes greenwashing and there's far too much of that around, you know. Yeah. Where is it at in public consciousness or in farmer consciousness, I should say? I mean, you just wrapped up your week-long biofarm conference. What do the numbers attending that conference tell you about the level of interest in more nature-sympathetic farming methods? Uh, I, I think the growing it, it is look at regenerative agriculture has huge opportunities at all levels, um, and I think for me, I think probably the government itself, the Department of Agriculture, and people at like this have a much more open view on this. I think they're starting to see the benefits. Uh, you know, the uh, actors like the EPA who see the role in this, and then a lot of the farming organisations are. Uh, to a point, have an open eye. I think one of the great difficulties is this, that Ireland is predominantly focused on agribusiness. It's agribusiness that makes the wheels go round. And one of the, one of the, the, the bonuses at one level is that regenerative agriculture is all about low inputs. It's about reducing your, reducing, uh, your costs, which in turn makes more money for the farmer. We're in a hundred years of, um, of modern industrial agriculture, so this has not been um, has not been the way forward for for for, ma- for many organisations. Because, you know, I was speaking to a retired CEO of one of the large co-ops, and he was kind of making the point that you know, while they like the idea, it's harder for those organisations to make money out of the farmers. Yeah. And, and if I, we're I, not I, selling them fertiliser, no, we're we're well, not making money. So let's just look at it from a farmer point of view. Uh, do they do their yields do their profits end up suffering if they adopt regenerative practices most times no but we also look at this in the wrong way as well sometimes it's not about like Gabe Brown said it said it at his course a couple of weeks ago it's not about yield it's about profit so because the farmer is saving so much in costs he is not uh, he's not losing money even if his yield dips initially it's very much like the organic system but we, the science, particularly coming out of the States and somewhere like that, has shown that if we go at this, we can achieve similar yields. There, there isn't that issue. But, but, but you know, the other thing, Philip, and that isn't being discussed is as well, is the quality of the food produced from a regenerative model is of higher nutrient values to the consumer. And that's something, you know, that we haven't... We haven't even considered mm. either. So, and, and definitely of higher nutritional value than Gatorade or yes. Lay's crisps, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So, although the bonus is everywhere, and one of the things I would argue as well is, and sometimes not everybody sees this as the positive, but uh, biodiversity is almost an accidental result of good regenerative practices. However, good regenerative practices is hard for because there is no there is no standard on what regenerative agriculture is. So, for example, is if you if you drop your, we'll say, um, glyphosate use by two percent, 
you can still call yourself a regenerative farmer. All right, well, we we, we can have an argument or a conversation about standardisation of these terms in the future, but certainly good news coming from the back of your conference and the level of interest in regenerative agricultural practices this week. All right, Sean McClone, thank you very much from uh, NOT, the National Organic Training Skill Net.